Hello, my patient friends. Welcome back to my podcast. Wait, please don't scroll. Living my best life with attention deficit disorder. Episode two, perfectly imperfect. Well, that perfectly describes today's podcast. There are some editing capabilities on the platform, Anchor, I'm using to record my podcasts, and I'm starting to learn how to do that stuff, so until I get a hang of editing my episodes, they will definitely be perfectly imperfect, so bear with me, and I hope you enjoy episode two, Perfectly Imperfect. Part of this podcast for me is keeping it real, natural, organic. I have had a conversation with, you know, close friends and my husband this weekend while we were um, doing a little traveling. And I was like, I cannot have like a scripted podcast. Um, I mean, honestly, the nature of a podcast is not intended necessarily to be scripted. Anyways, um, and so I'm trying to navigate with getting into a good flow with recording and planning my episodes. The tricky part is that normal and natural for me can look very chaotic and very messy because of the nature of how my brain is wired. For me, oftentimes learning I have ADD um, and learning how to live with it sometimes feels like that big elephant in the room. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you, if you picture an elephant in a room, it's huge. Like, you cannot miss it. Like, you can't miss an elephant in a room, even if it's a baby. And so, having ADD for me over the past eight, almost nine years, has kind of felt like the big elephant in the room. I, I, try, I, I know it's there, but I try really hard to, to ignore it <laughs> or, like walk around it and pretend like it's not there which is really makes life really difficult I mean if you think about having a little baby elephant just sitting in the room um you know other than the fact that they're really cute um but you're like I don't have time for this you know I've got I'm so busy and I have to go to work and I have to you know whatever you know whatever your life looks like um But I just kind of got to that point where I was like, you cannot, you you can't keep ignoring the elephant in the room. 
you know, you have to learn how to work with this elephant. And, you know, instead of just running around and getting angry all the time because it's it's always in the way. Like, you know, I, I just need to do X, Y, Z, but there's this elephant in the room, you know, or in my mind, you know, maybe you can think of, you know, the elephant as being in the mind. Um, and, you know, as funny as that may be, like, when you learn meditation, um, I learned the most about meditation um, through my studies in Buddhism. And oftentimes they actually use, and that's kind of where this came from, uh, the whole elephant in the room, because, you know, an, an adult elephant in the room, in a room, is going to be angry. <laughs> it's going to like run around. It's going to be really destructive and you really can't ignore it. Um, but I think of the elephant in the room more as a calm thing, but regardless, I'm at that point in my life this year where I can't keep avoiding the elephant in the room that's just like in the way of my life, you know? I mean, like no one has an elephant in their house as a pet, right? You know, it's always going to be in the way, so... Um, you know, when you begin to recognize that and say, okay, 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 we really gotta, we gotta do something about this elephant. Um, and when you take the time to say, oh, okay, you're there. I see you. Now, what am I going to do about that? So then you realize, oh, you know, well, I can just, you know, get a little rope tied around his neck and walk him out into the backyard <laughs> just doing that and recognizing it and knowing that you can do something about it um, is pretty powerful and that's kind of where I landed this year um, was recognizing the elephant in the room and instead of avoiding it and, and thinking I could just go on with my life not recognizing the elephant in the room um, or, or dealing with it or figuring out a way to, to live in peace with it um, you know, you can just put it in the backyard and, you know, it's out of the way. And so I, I really want to first take a moment and share with my listeners um, how I first learned through the book that I, I keep talking about, that I consider like a Bible for me, um, the Driven to Distraction and Delivered from Distraction books um, that are available on Amazon. Um, and if you follow me on Instagram, I put some pictures. Actually, I think it posted to Facebook as well. Um, but I, I, I included pictures of those books so you can find them easier. Um, but in, in the book, the author, um, he describes what ADD is and obviously it's a big huge book but on a very basic level I wanted to just talk about like just kind of a very small overview of of how ADD works a little bit and and how to think of it because I think one of the bigger things that becomes an issue with ADD is that it's very misunderstood or if you like if I were to interview and ask 
however many people, like 100 people, 50, it doesn't matter how many, and just said, like, you know, in, in, in one minute, tell me what, what is ADD? Whether you have it or not, it doesn't matter, just interviewing people and saying, do you know what ADD, ADHD is, and how would you describe it? Um, I think you would really be kind of blown away at how um, misunderstanding people are because I even was one of those people before and even after I was diagnosed that would say, oh, well, I mean, ADD, attention deficit disorder. So when you think of a deficit, it's like a lack. Um, So attention deficit disorder you know, oh, yeah, so that just means you're unable to focus your attention, right? So, yes, that is part of it, um, for sure, but um, (laughs) I have to laugh just for a moment because way back in probably, I don't have the page of my book open right now, I can fact check that later, but I want to say, like, prior to the 70s, um, like, I think it was in the 70s was when people even remotely started recognizing ADD in general as a thing. But before it became ADD, they, they called it, like, minimal brain dysfunction disorder. Like, and I, I don't even think I have that right, but it, it, long story short, like the name for ADD before attention deficit disorder was horrible. Um, the author in the book was like, yeah, I don't like the name attention deficit disorder because we do have the ability to focus. The problem is more that we can't focus um, anytime we want or it doesn't come easily like it does for people who do not have it. Um, But he was like, you know, if you're filling out a job application with the original name of like minimal brain dis, minimal brain dysfunction or something like that, um, he was like, yeah, that's worse because I don't think anybody's gonna hire someone if they think your brain doesn't function properly. Um, So they, I can't remember at what point they actually changed the name to attention deficit disorder, but the author of this book is not a big fan of the name ADD because because it's a little bit misleading because we do have the ability to focus. It's just that we can't focus when we want to focus. Um, our brains are wired in a way to where it, <laughs> it's kind of like um, we joke with people all the time. I'm sure everybody has someone in their life where they're just like, you know, oh, you have selective hearing. You know, if I'm saying things to you, you only hear what you want to hear. Um, Well, with ADD, our brains are just wired in a way where we have like selective focus. So if, if we're doing something or need to do something or want to do something and it's something we love, to do or I like to do um, focusing is very um, seemingly easy so we are able to focus it's just that if we need to focus on the teacher talking or if we need to read a book 
or if we need if we're in a bit it doesn't matter like it, when, when we need to focus and do things that need to be done that are like required or essential um, but they're not things that we love then you know we, we, we can't just on demand focus but for instance this morning you know like as I'm navigating this podcast and trying to be natural I can't sit with the script I can't I can't do that so I have to um, I have to put myself in like a creative space in order to I, I find that when I'm in a creative um, space or a calm space um, the words tend to flow a little um, freely more freely um, without the anxieties or the worries and things of that nature like the episode one even though it was really really hard and I had a lot of strong emotions you know when I finally got started to hit the button to record it I was literally like I was laying on the floor with my legs up the wall in a yoga pose and I was like you got to do this. So let's just, let's just, we're, we're laying here. We're calm. This is my, my, my happy space. Like my, I call it my heart space when I'm on my yoga mat. So I was like, that's kind of a safe space for me. So I decided, you know, we're, we're just going to start. We're going to just hit the button. We're going to record. Um, and since episode one was like that, I kind of learned, you know, we go through bad experiences or hard experiences and we learn from them. So, um, so this morning I, I, you know, I'm not going to make, again, time management is not easy for people with ADD. Um, so I'm not going to make my 10 a.m. deadline for posting my podcast. Um, I need to probably just take the timestamp off of my, you know, it's a learning process. Um, and this podcast is helping me work on that stuff. But, you know, so after two episodes now where I am not able to hold myself to an actual time deadline I might go this is something I'm doing because I'm passionate about beginning to talk and share experiences in life with other people in hopes that they can then benefit from them because I benefit from my life experiences I learn a lot but when I share what I learn with other people like one other person if I'm just having a conversation with them I actually retain it more when I don't just experience and learn it, but when I then share it. Um, when I, in the lab profession, we used to always say like, um, learn or learn one, do one, and then teach one. And when I say like, learn one, do one, teach one, it's like a, someone shows you how to do a certain procedure or a step in the lab and you know, you watch them do it, they show you, then they watch you do it to make sure you're doing it properly. And then once you do it and you know how to do it, then you show other people. So with all of the mental health things, those are, those are powerful things that we go through, like these life lessons that make us who we are and make us stronger people and better people. You know, when, when we share it with other people, it actually, it, it hits harder and you are benefiting others, which is huge. I just, you know, when you benefit others, like that brings on just such good karma, um, for you kind of like, you know, you, if you do something good and nice for other people, then good 
people are going to be nice to you. I, I was just always taught by my dad to like treat people the way you want to be treated. So, you know, if you treat people good, then they're going to usually treat you good back. That's a general kind of thing. I mean, it can get way more in depth than that. Um, but on a basic level, like I, I do my best to try to, you know, be good to other people or treat them nicely and in hopes that if I just make that a way of walking through this life that, you know, that's going to come back to me. Um, but so I'm, as I'm recording this podcast, I'm sitting at my desk space and I'm, I'm working on like a little craft project and it's because that is something that I, I love to do and it puts my brain in a good, happy, creative space. But I wanted to read a little note that I put in my notebook in regards to um, trying to explain to my listeners what I'm learning about what ADD is. Because ultimately, my goal is that at a, a basic level, when someone, if anyone were to ever ask you, like, what is ADD? Do you know what ADD is? I I want to change how people even would respond to that question. Because just saying, oh, people who have ADD don't have the ability to focus. I mean, not only is that misleading and inaccurate, it's very, just not a truth about what it is and you know the key to being able to exist in your own life if you have ADD or navigating life with someone maybe a loved one or a kid who has it if you have a better understanding of what it is and how it works and how it affects the brain then interacting with them is much more it's more harmonious but it's more importantly, it's less stressful when you understand that mentality and and how our our brains are wired. So in the book, um, the author says the best way to think of ADD is not as a mental disorder, but as a collection of traits and tendencies that define a way of being in the world. Sometimes these traits and tendencies will be positive, um, sometimes negative. Um, Sometimes they'll seemingly be glorious, sometimes painful. And when, when you take a negative trait or tendency, as soon as your brain, if you have ADD or ADHD, they, they're really interchangeable. The, the main difference is just that um, people who have ADD with the H, the hyperactive, they are physically um, hyperactive. Like usually it's young boys in school. They can't sit still. They're constantly moving. They can't focus. They can't pay attention. But it's, the, it's a physical manifestation of just not being able to sit still like tapping the foot or like just tapping the fingers or um, just very physical 
physical, physically hyperactive. Um, in the book, they talk about this one kid that was so hyperactive that he would literally, like, eight years old, he would do cartwheels around the house for like an hour and a half straight just to get the energy out. Um, that's a little side note, but we'll go back now. Um, so when it comes to these traits and tendencies, um, you know, yes, there's, that's life in general. Like, you know, there's good times, there's bad times, there's glorious times, there's painful ones. So when, when a negative, what, if something feels like a negative trait or tendency to someone who has an ADD wired brain, um, as soon as it's recognized in the brain or by the ego or your roommate as negative, um, it then becomes very um, disabling, it becomes toxic. Um, and that negative trait or tendency is when ADD becomes a disorder. I hope you're following me when I say that. So what the author is trying to convey as I am understanding it, is that, yes, it's called attention deficit disorder. But disorder is often kind of recognized as a negative, has a negative energy to it. Um, so if, if someone who has these ADD traits and tendencies, if you don't look at these traits and tendencies as negative, then it's not really a disorder. And that's kind of the whole point of me trying to learn more about ADD because you got to lose the negativity aspect because that's when it becomes a disorder and that's when it becomes a disabling um, phenomenon in your life. So when you learn about what these traits and tendencies are and there isn't like a list of them that every person who has ADD has it doesn't work that way um, there's a bunch of traits and tendencies and some people have them some people don't um, and but a lot of times especially when you're not diagnosed you have these traits and tendencies that become a part of your daily existence and you your roommate, you know, or that ego, whatever you decide to call it, you know, they, they recognize it as negative. And as soon as we recognize something as negative, then it, it, it doesn't feel good in our bodies or our minds. And that's when you start feeling angry or, um, having these horrible mood swings that people with ADD have. Um, and so, I am by trade and um, through education, my career is actually a medical lab technician. And so anyone who works in the medical field and understands that lingo, um, we, our bodies are built in a way where if something enters our body, aka any kind of illness, um, virus, bacteria, um, our body is, is built in a way where if something foreign enters your body, we have like this immune system and like if something enters your body that's not supposed to be there and it's recognized as foreign, um, even if they don't know what this is yet, there are like these 
triggers that go off and like alarms, sound the alarms, there's somebody here and we don't know what they are. And, um, you know, they will send out the troops, AKA like our immune response. And they rush to the site of where this foreign, um, this foreign thing is to check it out, see what it is. And then once that happens, then the body decides what course of action to take. So if you think of it in that way, having ADD, um, we have these traits and we have these tendencies that, um, you know, our ego recognizes them and it's our ego that kind of makes this decision as to whether or not it thinks it's good or bad. Um, and so there are certain traits and tendencies that, that we have that our ego or our roommate, they don't recognize it as, well, they don't recognize it as foreign, but they put this label on it and they say, okay, we're good with this one. This one's, this one's good. And, um, then there are certain traits and tendencies that come with how an ADD brain is wired that the ego may say, Oh God, that's a negative thing. That's a negative trait and tendency. We do not like that one. So it's that negative one that the, the ego kind of hones in on as negative, bad, and those traits and tendencies then become toxic and disabling. And it is also like, so, so when you, when I back out of this and take away like, you know, the medical, um, aspect of it and just kind of come back to the surface and into real life, um, you know, our brains, I mean, really essentially all it is is yes, everybody's brains are wired differently in general. Like there are no two brains that are alike. Um, that is why every individual person on the universe is unique. Even when you're a twin, you still have your own unique wired brain, identical or not. So, so as I'm learning about more and more about attention deficit disorder in my own life, what I'm currently in the process of doing is I'm taking all of these negative labeled traits and tendencies and I'm trying to transform them from being recognized as negative, foreign, and disabling and transforming them into back into just a trait and tendency that is a direct result of how my brain is wired. Um, the author often talks about how, you know, having ADD is not an excuse for how these traits and tendencies manifest in our actions and behaviors and our everyday lives. It's it explains it so because it, it, it does these traits and tendencies are very not only frustrating to the person who has them but to the people around them because you know like in a, in a household 
or in a house setting or a husband and a wife setting, um, it can be difficult because, (laughs) you know, there's all these chores that need to get done around the house, right? And like, I can, you can be home all day, seemingly get nothing done. And then, and then it's like your spouse is like, you've been home all day. Like I've been at work, you know, and what did you do all day? And then it's just like, you know, in, in our minds, we're just kind of like, you know, well, I, I, I know I didn't do laundry and I didn't do this and I didn't do that, but I did do this, this, and this. And it's kind of when you look at that, that you realize, oh, that's because I may have been very productive today doing a lot of stuff, but none of it was the stuff that needed to get done. It was the things that our minds wanted to do because that's kind of how it's wired um it's wired to focus on the things that it wants to do but it doesn't want to focus and do the things it doesn't and that's why i personally as an adult and a mother and a wife and all of that i i struggled this year as i'm trying to learn to navigate this because you feel like a child because it's anyone out there that has kids knows that kids don't want to do what they don't want to do they want to do what they want to do you know they want to play video games they want to watch tv they want to do everything but clean their room put their laundry away you know they don't want to do those things and as a kid that's just like a natural normal kid behavior and that's where the parents come in because we have to teach our children um you know how to <laughs> how to do these things um, hoping they'll become good adults someday. Um, but when you have, when you're an adult and you have ADD, you feel like you're stuck with the mind of a kid because, you know, our brain's wired in a way where it wants to do what it wants and it doesn't want to do what it doesn't want to do. And navigating that's difficult. Um, and that's part of what I'm working on is recognizing these things and that's where a lot of structure comes into play when you have ADD you have to really structure your life in a way where you you got to do the things you need to do before you do the things you want to do Um, and that can be difficult it can be very difficult at times as I begin to transition episode two of um, this podcast to talking more and focusing on the actual title, Perfectly Imperfect, um, I want to kind of end this little part talking a little bit more about the ADD um, with a quote that I feel kind of leads well into the perfectly imperfect part of this episode and this is a quote out of the book um, uh, driven from distraction sometimes I get them mixed up in my my mind the whole like driven to oh uh, delivered (laughs) from distraction is the the quote that this the book that this quote came from and the the author of this quote is Uncle Ramus. Obviously, that's probably the uncle of the author of the book. 
But he says, boy, whatever you is and wherever you is, don't be what you ain't because when you is what you ain't, you isn't. I'm going to say that one again because it's kind of one of those things where it doesn't flow well, but if you really think about it, you go, oh, boy, whatever you is and wherever you is, don't be what you ain't because when you is what you ain't, you isn't. So... When I read that, especially when we're talking in regards to learning about ADD, it's about um, learning who you are and being just that. Oftentimes, when anyone has some diagnosis that is labeled as a disorder, (laughs) whether it's ADD or OCD or or anxiety or any of these mental health, um, depression, like all of these disorders, um, you know, they, they leave people feeling broken. They leave people feeling like they need to be fixed or that there's something wrong with me. And I feel like that leaves us always striving to be something we're not. And when when you begin to break down that thought and feeling into, it's really just a matter of, of changing how you think, changing your mind and how your mind views it. So when it comes to ADD and some of these OCDs, these are genetic things that you're seemingly born with. You can't change them. Like you can't just undo having these disorders. So instead of spending your life trying to feel like, you know, I need to fix me because something's wrong with me. What can I do to get rid of this and be normal? It's more about learning that you're not abnormal. There's nothing wrong with having any of these these disorders. I don't even like calling them disorders because really they're just just like the author of this book says. I mean, having ADD is just a matter of our brains are wired different. Like all of our brains are wired different. Mine is wired with traits and with these traits that are that kind of define you know ADD and it doesn't make make me an, an abnormal person um, you know at all but when you have these traits and tendencies and you don't know where they came from I mean, this is really speaking more towards people who are undiagnosed with any level of any kind of um, mental health disorder. Um, Any time a mental health disorder goes undiagnosed, 
your life is going to be chaotic and it's going to feel crazy because when you don't even understand why you are the way you are, um, then you just go through life kind of haphazardly and a lot of times that might look like, you know, well, I am what I am and get over it. And that's not, that doesn't feel good for most people either. Um, but it makes a world of difference when, when you finally just know, like when you get that diagnosis, so many people with ADD that get diagnosed as adults, it's so, it's so powerful when you get that diagnosis that you go, wow, I didn't have this experience. Unfortunately, I'm having it eight years later because I don't know if I talked about this before and I'm not going to allow myself to go into this as a story, but, but law, like in the event that I did not mention this in episode one, and I can't remember off the top of my head right now if I did, but when I was diagnosed with ADD, I thought I was, I thought I was going in with depression, but I came out with ADD and Adderall. So My experience with getting diagnosed was very not as typical as others. But once you get a diagnosis, you're like, wow. Like, and then when you really dig in and start learning about all of the traits and tendencies that come along with this disorder, you go, wow. Like you just, your whole life almost flashes before you. And you now go, wow, now I have an explanation Not an excuse, but now I have an explanation for all of the things in my life that caused me pain. And I didn't even understand I was experiencing these things until 10, 20 years later, right? And so I'm I'm on the journey now of learning what my traits and habits are so I can turn them from these negative aspects of who I am into just traits and tendencies that as soon as you know what it is and why it is you don't you can turn it from being a negative thing into a positive as soon as I recognize a trait or a tendency and I can be mindful and aware of it I can very I say very easily, but I am easily able to learn how to navigate my life in a better way with myself and also with the people around me when I understand and I am able to pinpoint a certain trait or tendency that I have. So a big part of this year, and I'm, I'm still in this place of a lot of anger and a lot of mood swings. Um, on a regular basis and I feel like my mood swings are a bit more now because it also becomes a little overwhelming learning all of this stuff and then trying to navigate how it affects my life what do I need to do how do I change it how do I make it better Um, or not so much change it because just like that quote says that I just read you Um, let me flip back to that in my notes but boy, whatever you is and wherever you is, don't be what you ain't because when you is what you ain't, you isn't. Learning that you have ADD doesn't mean being someone you're not. It's about learning who you are and being that. And then 
when you're able to kind of learn who you are and why you are the way you are, then life becomes a little easier. Um, but I haven't, I haven't really hit fully that life becomes easier part. Um, I think I heard it. I'm not sure where I heard it. Um, I don't remember if it was from the book. I think I heard it listening to a podcast um, of someone who has ADD. Um. Okay, so I have to acknowledge right now that I had what... um, This is a trait. This is a tendency that occurs in people who have ADD. And I, I mean, I just call them blackout moments because you literally will be in the middle of a conversation and oftentimes it's like something something distracts you and it could be so minor it doesn't even have to be a big deal um it could be a piece of dust that flies in your vision and and you go whoa what is that and then all of a sudden you literally are like clueless about what you were talking about and so i i paused the video because i had that moment and instead of elongating the video of of like dead air i was like i paused my recording so i could maybe try to remember what the person on another podcast had said that tied into what I was talking about, but it's gone. And I, you know, I, I don't want to just sit here with my video audio paused, trying to remember something that is gone. It's gone. It'll come back. And if, and if it does, I will um, include it in a future episode since I will talk a lot about um, ADD along the way in my um, podcast. But moving along... I I had come up with the name for episode two, Perfectly Imperfect. The main reason why I decided to, to name the episode that is because when I struggled, I mean, I struggled, I fumbled through episode one, but I made myself do it because, well, side note, I'm Scorpio. Scorpios are known for being pretty darn stubborn um and so honestly I uh, oftentimes I think that my stubborn nature um is why I'm able to keep my ego or my roommate from overpowering me because I'm kind of stubborn and I'm like yeah mm -mm." you know you you may question what I'm doing to the point where I question myself but I will always win (laughs) Um, and the funny thing about like me saying that right now is just because even though I'm very stubborn, I'm, I'm not very competitive. I'm not a competitive person at all. Um, I have moments of competitive that comes out, but I'm not a competitive natured person. Um, so I was able to get through episode one and power through because I was like, you are not, mm -mm." I was kind of stubborn and I was like, you're not going to, you're not going to talk me out of this. Like, it's just not going to happen. Um, I made my decision to do this and I'm doing it. Um, but after I struggled through it, episode one, I had taken a copy of the link and I texted it to my husband. And as soon as I sent that text, cause he knew I was recording it. At least I think he does. <laughs> I think he did. Um, I immediately, the very next thing that I texted, I hit send with the link to my first episode. 
as vulnerable as I was feeling about even publishing that, I sent it to him because he's my person. You know, I, I share everything with him and I know he doesn't judge me um, and he loves me no matter what. So I sent it to him. But as soon as I hit send, I started typing perfectly imperfect. And then I sent that to him because that is how I had felt about episode one. I was like, we are, we are, by nature, I think everyone is naturally human and we want things to be perfect. Not everybody is a perfectionist, um, but at some point in our lives, we all have something that we want to be perfect. Like a perfectionist is a very different, um, uh, it's a very different thing than just being someone who is not a perfectionist, but you have a time where you may go like, I really want this to be perfect. Like someone who's not a perfectionist may be like, but I want my wedding day to be perfect because what bride does not want their, their, their wedding day to be perfect. That's just a normal thing. Um, I am, I'm a person that I don't consider myself a perfectionist, but I have a lot of things that I do want to be perfect. But with my life experiences, I have also learned that for me, having that mindset of wanting things to be perfect, it is the cause for a lot of stress and anxieties and um, disappointments because you want something to be perfect. And, you know, sometimes that need for something to be perfect will leave me completely abandoning it. I mean, I've had times in my lives where I have invested a ton of time and energy and maybe even money into something. But I kept going and going and going at it and I could never be happy because I wanted it to be a certain way. I wanted it to be like perfect. And then I would just completely abandon it. No matter how much time and effort and energy I put into it, I'd be all like, you know, screw it, I'm done. I can't get it to come out the way I want, so I'm just done. Um, but I'm, I'm learning from that. So like from that happening so many times in my life, I was like, you know, I think that perfection or just that, even that term, perfect, I don't believe in it anymore. I decided one day, I was like, I don't believe in perfection it's like this figment of the imagination. I almost think it's, it's something that our egos have created to torture us, to be like, you know, that needs to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, it's not good enough and you shouldn't do it or you shouldn't have it if it can't be perfect. And then they, they try to brainwash you in that way. And then, and then they get to sit over there and be all like, ha, 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 you're never going to get this perfect. So I get to just sit here and laugh at you um, or make you miserable. And so, um, you know, I, I can't say exactly what point in my life, but um, I, I decided that, you know, I, I do still have certain things that I really want to be really, really good or I want to be a very certain type of way. But I try really hard not to allow myself to expect perfection because it's in my opinion and how I feel um, it's it's not realistic it is not realistic 
to expect perfection in life. Um, but I may have said this another time, um, in another, like in episode one, maybe I'm not sure, but, um, I, I have heard other people on other podcasts talk about the perfection thing. And one person had talked about how like striving for perfection they know and they're aware that it's not realistic and that it's kind of like a figment of of the imagination to think that something's going to be perfect but that drives them to do their best in whatever they do is if they strive for perfection then they're always going to push themselves to do their very best now if that is how you think of perfection I think that's healthy so I I think that there are healthy ways to to think about like you know perfection and if you're able to identify it in that way then it, it can be a positive thing but I just knew episode one had to happen because I have thought and put so much time and energy into wanting to do this podcast that I was like my stubborn side was like I'm not backing down from this but the ego has a way of really trying to pull us down and and really challenge us um to back down and I just wasn't doing it um and so the whole you know so that's how the that's how I came up with this episode was you know because of the whole need for things to be perfect and when I I had to come to the realization that you know doing this podcast is not about being perfect it's about sharing what I'm learning in life like when I have these aha moments where I go oh my gosh like wow my whole life I've been doing this and now that I know this it changes everything like I want to share those game changers with people because I benefit when I experience them And I might tell a friend about it, like one person, and they'll be all like, dang, man, I never thought about that. And then you feel good when you share it with um, a friend or like your husband or something. And then, and then they're like, wow, that's cool. You know, like I I never thought about that. Um, But, but the mindset I have for wanting to do the podcast is, you know, I really, the more I talk, like when I come across something good and beneficial, like a tool, you know, um, it makes me happy and I get so excited about sharing it with my friend like oh my god you won't believe this this happened yesterday and 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 I learned this and and like whoa mind is blown um so the more you talk about something that's positive and good the more you learn it and the more it becomes a daily part of your life in a positive way and I'm like man I'm like I need to really do a podcast because like I'm I mean I probably equally love people as I do I don't hate I've tried to create a life that does not include hatred because it's just a very negative way of living and existing but um but I want to share things with people like you know I I want to share I want to I was like a podcast I don't have time to call every friend on my in my phone and share things with them on a one-to-one basis and quite honestly my life is so busy I really don't have a whole lot of time to be on social media 
Um, I'm on Facebook a little bit more now because I want to try to get my podcast out there for people to listen to and benefit from. But beyond that, I mean, I don't even have time to sit on social media, but I'm able to incorporate recording this podcast into my like daily practice and my getting quiet and um, like meditation and and so forth. So and you know, I'm not doing a lot of editing. Um, episode two is still going to be an unedited um, episode. Um, I will say this weekend, I did go into the app that I use um, to publish Anchor. Um, is the app that I use to publish my my podcast through right now. Um, they do have some editing. I, I am able to do a little bit of editing, and I did play with editing this weekend. So. Hopefully, as I get better at editing, um, my, my episodes can be more and more smooth, cutting out some unnecessary silence in between certain things, or, you know, we live in a world of like, and um, and uh, um, so, you see, I just did it, I like followed talking about it with doing it, <laughs> so I'm gonna laugh at myself for that one, um, but yes, so... Um, so I am practicing and learning how to edit. I recorded yesterday what I'm going to call my first bit. Um, I listen to a lot of comedians, podcasts as a way to connect with, um, well, A, because comedy is a tool, but because my oldest son is um, currently pursuing um, comedy and being a stand-up comedian. So um, I listen to a lot of comedians podcasts. Um, I mentioned them, I think, in episode one. Um, Take Your Shoes Off with Rick Glassman, Dak Shepard's The Armchair Expert, um, Resting Bitch with Ali Nikofsky. Um, I'm still kind of exploring around and like browsing to see if I can find any other podcast. I like to kind of rotate around, but I learn, you know, I learn something from everybody and I'm, um, and I like to want to be able to share those things um, with other people and so, so episode two, perfectly imperfect, was it just naturally came about, and um, each episode is gonna potentially. My idea is to naturally flow from episode to episode. As of right now, what's working for me is, you know, I record, I release, and then I, I listen to my own podcast. And I, from there, I go, ooh, the next episode is going to be this. So even though I have a very scattered brain and I've got a million thoughts running through my head all the time, and um, I don't, I'm trying not to have this podcasts feel very chaotic to my listeners um so for me I feel like if I it it is feeling natural to me right now to let them evolve on their own I mean I do have a lot of ideas for episodes or um different content I have a lot of ideas for content but right now as I'm just navigating learning how to podcast I'm going to just continue just organically from one episode to the next going with 
when I re-listen to it, whatever I pull from that episode will help gauge what the next episode will be as I'm just learning all this stuff. And also because I need to learn how to do the editing, you know, I'm always looking to improve. I think that as humans, we should, you know, nope, I don't want to say should. I'm one of those people I've learned that you should not should people and you should not should yourself. Um, You know, when you should yourself or you should other people, it's, you know, it's kind of like shitting on other people. Like, you know, when you tell them, someone tells you something and they're like, oh my God, and they're super excited and like, you won't believe I did this today. It was so awesome. And then instead of being like, oh, that's wonderful. I'm so excited for you. People love to say like, oh, great, but you should have done this. It's like, don't shit on people. So I I try not to shit on other people and I definitely try not to shit on myself. So my episodes will be perfectly imperfect until I get more experience and, you know, learn a little bit more editing and things of that nature. But we as humans... Our goal is to live in a way where we're always learning, we're always growing, and every day waking up with the thought that I'm feeling like I'm, a, I'm better today than I was yesterday, or I'm a better person than I was yesterday, or I feel better than I did yesterday, you know, and not only that, but every day is a new day, so, you know, when you have that horrible, bad day go to bed knowing that when you go to bed the day's over whatever happened it's done it's over tomorrow's a new day every day no matter what you can wake up fresh and start all over again all over again so I've been living with that mentality for for a good while now so I am not titling episode three just yet but one of the things that I that goes along with the perfectly imperfect I have recently listened to a podcast that was an interview with Oprah and in this in this little podcast I listened to or this interview she said something that I was all like oh my gosh um I was just like, oh my goodness. I was just like, that is so totally me. And I've never really heard of this, um, this phrase to, to describe it. But I, my whole life, have been a people pleaser. My husband, to this day, will still try to remind me not to allow myself to get walked all over. Because I try so hard to please other people all the time that I don't care about how it affects me. Um, And so Oprah, she calls this the please disease. And I was gonna talk about, I had planned originally when I was trying to come up with the content I wanted to put in perfectly imperfect, like things I wanted to touch on. I thought about talking about please disease because my need to please my please disease is what 
kind of fuels my want for certain things to be like perfect, my perfectionism and wanting to please people. Like that's why episode one was so emotional for me because I found myself being like wanting to please my listeners to the point where I question whether or not I was able to do this. Like if people were going to like it, if they were going to listen, what are they going to think of me? And so that's, that's a really, that's a big topic in itself. So there is a likelihood that episode three will be titled Please Disease, but you will find out what episode three will be titled when I post um, my, when I, when I decide for sure it, you will know. But thank you for everyone who joined me today, and I look forward to this next week of trying to come up with the content and thinking and learning um, so I can be ready to, to publish episode three next week. Um, and after episode two, I will openly admit that I am going to take the deadline. I try to give myself, I mean, I'm trying to give myself deadlines because if I don't, then I will very easily procrastinate or say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow or something happened today. So, oh, I just can't and I'm going to do it tomorrow. And then it just, that will happen over and over. It's an AD, it's one of my AD tendencies and traits is procrastination or pushing things off or coming up with any old excuse to be like, you know, well, this happened today, so I'm just going to have to do it tomorrow. Or I can't do it today. So I am I am going to stick to Mondays, but I'm going to remove the 10 a.m. because every time I try to do it, I gotta get, you know, because I have to be able to be in the zone and at the time I'm recording it, I I can't push that. I, I don't want to feel pressured because then when I feel pressured, then the anxieties start creeping in and you're just like, oh my God, oh my God, I got to finish. I got to do this. And then, and then I'm not thinking clearly. I have to be in a good headspace when I'm recording. And in the mornings is my clearest time of the day. So, so yeah, thank you everybody for being here with me today or whenever you choose to listen to this. And I look forward to episode three. I hope everybody has a wonderful week and definitely follow me on Instagram. If you know, if Instagram or Facebook, those are my two social media outlets that I enjoy the most because they're easy. I can post it on Instagram and then directly it goes over to Facebook. So that makes it easier for me. Um, but on Instagram, it is wait dot don't scroll podcast and then on Facebook I am just I don't have like a page just for this it is just Ashley Scop Williams and that's A-S-H-L-E-E-S-C-H-A-A-P-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S but I would just follow me on Instagram that would be the better option if you don't already know me but Have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing what this week brings to episode three. Love and light. Namaste.
encore. Just kidding. But I did have a couple of thoughts that I did not remember to include in episode two. And I just wanted to take a minute to share those before I publish this episode. Um, I am extremely grateful and it made me really happy when people, especially people that I, I know already that have been listening to my podcast have reached out to me personally Um, Whether it's just commenting on a post on Instagram or Facebook or messaging me personally, like, um, it really meant a lot. And one of the people who reached out to me had mentioned their son having ADD or I believe ADHD and I had been thinking all week about including this in my podcast and and then I realized I forgot to do it. But obviously there's a lot to be said about AD like from a parental perspective in regards to um, having a child with ADD or ADHD. But I wanted to offer to all parents <laughs> that have children with ADD or ADHD, um, that the number one piece of advice that I could give you is to really, 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 really research as much as you possibly can, um, about ADD and ADHD in children, because whether you're like me and have ADD and then have children with ADD. Um, even if you're a parent and your child has it, it is said to be genetic. Um, and usually they say if, if a child has ADD, one of the two parents has the ADD. And many times um, a parent may find out they have ADD. At the same time, they are having their own child diagnosed. But the most important thing that you can do as a parent is to learn as much as you possibly can about it. Because the key is if, if you don't have ADD, but your child does, is understanding as best as you can what it looks like, the traits. You know, just you got to understand them as best as you can because... It's very common. I mean, I know I didn't know this until after my oldest son, who also has ADD, he doesn't have the hyperactive, never did. Um, And not everybody has the HD portion. But, you know, all these times, all these years, middle and high school, he struggled with getting homework done. It was like, it was this broken record where we were constantly on him about homework. You got to do your homework. You got to do your homework. If you would just do your homework, you would pass and you're so smart and we don't understand. And, and in hindsight, after I immersed myself into learning about it, because I have it again, you know, those two books are like the first books that I would recommend that anybody who has it or if your children have it 
etc read these books it is or get audiobooks or both because they are a very very good first tool at learning more about the disorder but in the in the parental space again um, one of the most important there's two things in the book that they they the author says are extremely important and it's that if you are diagnosed as a child it's that's best because then it's easier to learn to navigate with it as you near adulthood but moving into adulthood the most important thing is to find what you are passionate about and do that you have to make a career out of that thing that lights you up I mean this applies to everybody but when your brain is wired with ADD if you go into a career because you want to make a lot of money and you want to be rich and you don't love what you're doing you're going to be miserable your whole life but when you have ADD and your biggest struggle is being able to focus in those areas that are extremely important like a job or a career to support yourself and your family you have to love what you're doing because otherwise you're going to stumble through your career either not being able to find a career because you just don't know what to do or you're just gonna just struggle and so they say finding a partner that gets you and understands you and supports you and understands your ADD or your how your brain is wired so finding someone is important like we all want to find somebody that we're compatible with but it's very it's a very different kind of compatibility that you are faced with when it comes to the ADD wired brain and I am just very very fortunate and blessed that my husband is someone who accepts me and accepts that and he understands it before I even knew I had it although sometimes I go I'm so sorry I didn't know this about me before uh we got married (laughs) but he's again he's very supportive and he read the book so he can better understand me and help me navigate uh, my living my best life with ADD so I just kind of wanted to throw that in there and I'm going to end this until episode two love and light Namaste. Oh, wait. Until episode three. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Have a great one, guys.